Welcome back to the Malloy Twins podcast and today we're joined by a man who probably doesn't need an introduction for anyone who's watching. Probably one of the most well-known faces on the Irish comedy scene and you know, flick on your TikTok anywhere, any given day you'll probably see him popping up. It's Mr. Joe McGuckin. That's very flat, man. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, thanks very much for coming down and making the trip across. Appreciate it. Oh man. Sorry, like obviously I'm an hour and a half late, like you know what I mean. You're so sweet and saying all them nice things after them. You should have heard what you were saying uh, before wait, the camera went before you got here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it happens. Dublin traffic is a pain in the arse at yeah. the best of time. So and that roundabout, that walking sound roundabout. Like, oh yeah, we said it on the podcast. If I was if I was like elected president of Ireland, the first thing I did was just get every digger in the country united to come to walking sound and remove <laughs> yeah. that thing. Destroy it. Just, just get some traffic it. lights. Yeah, tactical nuke on it or something. <laughs> yeah. it's terrifying. It, it actually it's, is. Yeah. You just want to close your eyes and just like jam on the <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I get off, I get off. Do you know the way, like in some like um, indigenous tribes and all, they have like a rite of passage into yeah. adulthood? Yeah. A driving man, on yeah. that walking sound roundabout is like the Irish rite of passage. That's it, yeah. <laughs> like that, that should be the driving test. Just, <laughs> just, just, just one exit on the walking sound roundabout. <laughs> If you can survive this, yeah, you, you're fully qualified to survive anywhere. You can drive yeah, anywhere. It's like a big game of chicken going on, isn't it? It's yeah. like, will I go? You're going to go? You let me in? Will I just yeah. force my way in? Or just try to stay on like the inside lane and let somebody else on the outside lane go first. Oh, and yeah. then if somebody does T-bound, they'll get, get them and not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> we'll sacrifice Shield. that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. We have a bit of quick fire to jump into first and oh, then yeah, we get yeah. all the good stuff. We do. I was actually, just because he said the man who doesn't need an introduction, I was, I was trying to think of an introduction for Joe. Oh, right. Normally when I go with introductions, I try to keep like some alliteration. So like the last one was Craig Hockley. was like, father, founder, founder right. future 1FC champion. I was like, with Joe, what are you going? Like, Podcaster, parent. And I was like, puh, puh, pussy. Pervert. I'm glad you didn't do the introduction. <laughs> and I was really prolific breakfast eater. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That one out. <laughs> uh, <put> muncher. <laughs> Different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, quick forward. First question, probably when you're sick of answering, but for anyone who isn't familiar with Joe, where did you grow up? I grew up in the inner city, Dublin. Uh, Dublin 1, Summerhill, kind of Ballybock area in... Uh, in the flats there, in nice. Dunn Street flats. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. A man well known for a fry up. What's your favourite item from a fry? From a fry? Yeah. I mean, the sausage. Yeah. It has to be the sausage. The like, you know what I mean? It's quick. You can't have a fry without a sausage. You can have a fry without everything else, but you can't okay. not have a sausage. And that, that they vary as well. Do you ever go to Spain and it's just like the pale sausages? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, did you cook this? Or did yeah, you what just is like this? leave it yeah, in the yeah. sun for a few minutes? <laughs> 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 it fell on the toilet outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when you go to, even in England, if you go to Wetherspoons, if you get a fry in Wetherspoons, it's like they just threw it on the plate from the fridge. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, the sausage is always there. fry it on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I supposed to cook it? Like <laughs> yeah. steak on a stand, but sausage on a stand? Yeah, yeah. Like fry on a stand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good business idea. That's yeah. actually yeah. a show. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be filthy. Sick. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sick as you'd see. Um, next question on the quick fire. How many children have you got? I have two children. Two, two boys. Children. Nice. Yeah. Two boys. Why is the eldest and youngest? Five-year-old and a two-year-old. Five and two. Oh, okay. Kept busy. Yeah. Very busy, especially <laughs> this time. Like it's we're well recording this around Christmas time. Sorry, yeah, not yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The decorations are down. But <laughs> I saying the Christmas tree mess that you had to clean up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate real Christmas trees. Like the missus wants real Christmas trees every year. I hate them. I think just get the plastic thing, stick it in the bar. It's easy to put up. It's easy to yeah, take yeah. down. Mm-hmm. The bleeding hassle of them trees. Do you do real Christmas? <laughs> nah, trees? fake, fake. No. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a real Christmas. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> 
I would be on your camp on that, Joe. I don't see the uh, the logic in that one now. It's there is no logic. It's a nice idea, but they don't even look that nice. They're all gappy and like incomplete most of the time. Yeah, and then at the end of Christmas, like they're just flopping down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The branches yeah. are hanging down. Yeah. The decorations are falling off. The oak it just looks miserable. It looks like a horrible plant. Yes, <laughs> I can't keep. I'm looking at that plant behind you. Is that real? No, no, no. That's very impressive. Like, we're in here every morning watering that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I cannot keep. There's no flowers or anything like that in my house because I just can't keep them alive. You know the way some people. I'm just trying to keep the kids alive is enough. Keep yourself alive. Yeah. Trying to keep yourself yeah. alive yeah. is a fucking task. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that walking town round yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> Testing fate today. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were saying you were out last night for a little bit. For a night out, would you prefer a night out in a club or a night in the pub? Ah, a night in the pub. Yeah. Yeah, just a few points and a chat, like you know. Quiet one. Even even when I was younger and I used to go to nightclubs. I'd rather the smoking area, and I don't even yeah, smoke, yeah. so I'd rather <laughs> just chill out in the smoking area and natter rather than dance. I'm just not good at dancing, so. Stick to what you're good at. Yeah. yeah. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Uh, an actor. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to, wanted to do acting. Yeah, I was always into film growing up. Like I was always acting in skilled plays and I was saying I'm talking bollocks, you mentioned that. Did I, yeah? Yeah, you, you, you said you were always in the background, but you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know if it was Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat, it was just one of the boys or the disciples. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, you said that. The three wise men with the youngster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one of the gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Frankincense mirror and Joseph McGuckin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be, wanted to be an actor. And uh, now I sort of am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you were on, you, you and Darren had the RTE, um, skit I'm not sure what name you'd put, like TV show sort of series yeah. that was going on. Sketch show. Sketch, sketch show, yeah. yeah, yeah. How yeah, was that? What was that like shooting it? And that was great. That was so much fun, man. It's, it's, it's great doing sketches with the lads. Like, it's just a laugh. You know what I mean? To a point where it's too funny. Like, I am so bad at corpsing. Like, I, we're hiring in people, like, well, getting staff in who are on the clock and, if I can't get a scene because I'm laughing, like they're getting overtime <laughs> yeah, right instead, yeah, like they're weird, yeah, this is a job yeah, for yeah. me, like, you know, so like, Joe, will you fucking pull it together? Like, but it's so funny. Like a lot of the time, like you're just cracking up and there's a lot of improvising and you never really, I'd imagine so, it's yeah. different every time. Like every take is different and it's, it's funny. It's a great, great experience to do it. Yeah. yeah. With those things, how much, I suppose, creative freedom do you have? Is it literally like blank slate kind of, do what you want to do sort of thing or are you given guidelines and boundaries of what is doable and isn't doable and well what like with free gas uh so we'd say there was an episode i seen of you and darren where uh, it was something got to do with the rugby and you're like going around trying out different stuff you went down to tom and park i think to do yeah. something you were up in um wesley practicing playing rugby and like getting tackled by rugby players and stuff yeah. like is that ideas used would bring to them or do people kind of give you as guidelines in terms of what they're looking for and you can kind of go with that or we kind of bring ideas to them, but they knew, like RTE knew that they wanted to do something around the Rugby World Cup. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of played off that tailored team. an idea that would that would suit that. And he wanted it to be reality as well, like kind of factual entertainment. Mm, yeah. But we wanted to obviously put our surreal twist on it as well. So it's semi, that's a, that's a different one. So that's bandwagon, not for your gaff. And that's like semi-scripted and semi-real. Okay, yeah. Like a... Uh, the start and the end is scripted like they're like sketches yes and we play car like it's factual entertainment but we are playing characters in it as well yeah, yeah. heightened versions of ourselves because we didn't want to i don't know even doing podcasts like you're kind of being yourself and yet we wanted to be more caricatures of ourselves yeah than, yeah yeah 
just oh so tell me about rugby like and yeah yeah, yeah. do a Louis Tyrrell one or something like, <laughs> yeah. we didn't want to do it seriously so yeah you, but in terms of creative freedom like we we put pitch decks together and, and put that together right, and yeah. if they like it then you can roll with that and they'll roll with it yeah and then yeah no you're kind of you're tailoring stuff though yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not 100% what you want to do, but... Of course, it's, yeah. It's, it's close enough. Yeah, I suppose a lot of that stuff probably wouldn't be PG or yeah. <laughs> good for a telly. If you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a unique career trajectory anyways, especially for somebody, and I don't mean this in any way offensive, but like from areas like yours, you, a lot of people end up going out from areas like yours too. They go down paths that don't allow them to do what they enjoy in life ultimately towards the end of it. And, yeah. you know, to go into... They don't get to mix in certain circles or find themselves with certain opportunities. just wanted to ask like... I say, for me, I think the first time I heard of you was the first time you went on Talking Bollocks. Okay. I had seen your face on, I can't remember the name, the skits you used to do with the lads. The wind-up merchants. Uh, yeah, the wind-up merchants. Oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I wouldn't have known, like, this is Joseph McGuckin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I saw you, obviously, on Talking Bollocks. And go, oh, that's John McGuckin. And since then, that was maybe, what, three years ago? Two, three years ago. Yeah. And since then, I think I've seen your face every other day on yeah. social media. <laughs> yeah. In one place or another. But before all that kind of happened, what was life like for you, kind of, when you were leaving school, I suppose, in those early years, your 20s, trying to figure out what you want to do and where you want to go? Like after, all over, I was all over the place. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I had no direction. I didn't go to college or anything like that. You know, it wasn't until I met Moira and she kind of stared me in, into the right, like gave me a little bit of direction in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was just all over the place. Like I always say that I could have, I, like if a drug dealer just like showed interest in me, I'd have been a great mule. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have just gravitated to somebody who showed me any uh, interest. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I could have very easily went down any any difference. Okay, bunch yeah. of paths, Like, do you know what I mean? Whoever was like giving you a bit of praise and showing an interest in you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nurturing you, you, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. You could have been so easily Groom, manipulated. Groom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Joe, a van with sweets in the back. Do you want to get no more? Okay. But yeah, like when I left school, like I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't have a job. I was drinking. I think it was just like going out and drinking and really, yeah? and partying and stuff like that. When In like a problematic kind of way or just past the time? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say it was problematic, like just kind of looking back at it, but not, I, I didn't recognize it then. Yeah, that it was yeah, problematic. yeah. But if somebody was behaving the way I was behaving then, I'd be like, ah, Jesus, Joe. Something going on. Stop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For fuck's sake, pull yourself together. <laughs> you know, I was so cheap, man. Do you remember? Like, during the recession, oh, that was all during the recession. Like, mm. the cargo was so cheap. There was pubs down like two euro points and everything. Oh, really? That yeah. was before our time. Well, oh, we are alive, but yeah. we're too young to know what a point will cost. Yeah. Oh, you've missed out <laughs> big time. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was the time to be alive. Seriously, yeah. like. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a problem. It was pretty normal. Yeah. My yeah. circle of friends, like, to be drinking and going out like that. Nobody had high ambitions. I did. I always wanted to make short films and stuff like that, but most of the time was just go out and drink. Yeah, yeah. And like flow from job to job. I never had jobs. And then I done it like a a bar course. You, you'd be too young to remember Falch Ireland, but it's, they do courses, like six-month courses, where you learn how to be a waiter or you learn how to be a barman. Uh, but to like a five star standard and stuff, and then right mixing the the cocktails and doing all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. Tom Cruise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just doing jobs and bits and pieces. From you yeah, mentioned as well, you had spent some time in New York. Yeah, yeah. Around when was that? Was that early twenties or 
No, that was mid twenties. That was after after college. Because when I got with Maura then, that's me, me when I got with me now wife. Oh, congratulations, didn't know like, you're married. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, I felt like I had to impress her because she was in Trinity. She just finished Trinity College and she had a job right. and she was very impressive. And so I was like, oh yeah, no, I make music videos and stuff like that. I'm a yeah. little bit of a videographer. She pulled a yeah. short straw there, didn't yeah. she? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I said to her then, I said like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to college like to study TV production and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wasn't, but I had said that. So then she like started the paperwork process and everything. Oh, and no, like, yeah. oh yeah, great. And uh, it just kind of led from college then. I went to, yeah, after college, I applied for a job in Satanta Sports, the yeah, sports yeah, yeah. broadcasting place, transmission place. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get it. And then I got a jobs bridge internship with, as an editor, as a video editor for a, a startup company. It was called fan footage, like people sent in their, their footage from a concert and I'd edit it together and make a music video for right. whoever the band was. Um, but because that was editing, I could do that from anywhere. So the missus was over in New York doing a master's and I just asked you, man, I was on the internship. I said, can I just do this in New York? And he said, yeah, go for it. And so then I went over to New York and hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. It's, it's so hollow. It's so like, I went on, on a holiday before and I enjoyed the holiday, but when you live there, it's different. Yeah. I was there for like three months and I got a phone call for, from uh, Satanta Sports and they said, do you, want a, do you want a job? And I was like, yes, I'm in New York, but I get the first flight tomorrow. And uh, they were like, oh, are you sure? Like, you know, that's, you could stay in New York if you want. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have to take this. But I thought that was like a dream job that I was accepting as well in my head. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't then. And I was there for like five years and that was a blatant shy job. <laughs> that was a bad, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good in some ways, but it was, yeah, it was shifts as well. It was like oh, right. a month of days and then a month of nights, which would be eight o'clock at night till eight in the morning. Really, like yeah? Five days on, then five days off. Yeah, so it takes a toll on your yeah, head, like, Rusatanta sports. Yeah. Do you remember they used to do the, the three o'clock kickoffs on the Yeah, they used to show that, some yeah. decent games and all. Would you would you have been on TV at that stage like or were you working in the background like in the background, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's a transmission station, so it's not just Satanta Sports, like there's nine or ten different stations that broadcast out of there. Oh, okay. okay. You're just kinda of taking in the feeds and cutting the breaks and like vision ah, mixing. Ah, okay, like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's rough enough. So New York was not the uh, the dream that so many people it's painted up to be. It's horrible. I was in I was in LA last year for the Oscars. We went over with Spain. Me and Darren have ah, had, sick. had a radio station, and they sent us over for the Oscars. And it's horrible. It's horrible. Like it's like a third world country. It's like this the oh, I've heard people say that about LA recently yeah, since yeah. COVID and everything else that's happened. It's like just full of homeless and people taking shits on the street, like <sighs> squatting and taking shits and like that Hollywood Walk of Fame. I seen Willem Dafoe just received like a. A star, a star yeah. on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But when you go over there, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is like the back of Moore Street. <laughs> it's like this, it's disgusting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a nice place to be. And it looks lovely in all these photographs and all these press releases and all, but it's and then the Oscars, like you know, you think of the Oscars, you think of the glitz, the glam. Mm -hmm. But then when you're actually over there for the Oscars, that's all fenced off. And on the other side of the fence, it's just like disgusting. 
<laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just little pockets of wealth and then everything else yeah. is fucking. Yeah, yeah. The division like is so, so vast. Mm. And they're all just rude. Just on a, per- like, every day in LA, there was like an explosive argument between multiple people. Like, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. It's just not, no, wait, like, when you come back to Ireland, the people in the airport are having the crack. Yeah, like yeah. the people walking there, you get in the taxi and the taxi man's having a crack, having a laugh. Everyone's just like having a good time here. It's great. I fucking love Ireland for that. It's amazing. <laughs> and then you go over there and they're all just trying to kill each other and get something from you. Like they're all yeah, trying to yeah. get something from you, trying to sell you something more. There's no genuine conversation. Yeah, I get you. I heard you mention that on Talking Bollocks. It was like in New York, every interaction with a person was just like a, a sales pitch or like a yeah. transaction. Nothing felt genuine or like anyone actually really gave a shit about you. It was more like, what can I get out of you sort of job? That's it, yeah. Yeah. That's That was my experience. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it's very popular. Lots of people love it. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm the exception saying that. But that's what it was for me. And like... Maura's parents lived in America for a long time and when we were over there visiting them one time we went to a restaurant with some old friends of Maura's so there was the four of us and then a guy came over uh, I assumed it was a friend of the people that we were there with mm-hmm. and he was with us for the whole night and he was getting his drinks and he was he was like oh we get some food and like yeah 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 and he came out we do shots yeah we do shots and all and then at the end like alright we're gonna head off now and then at the end he brought over the bill and I thought he was friends with them, but he was walking there. He was like a waiter or I don't no know. Way. Like just, yeah. And I was like, do you not think that's weird? You don't know him. You never met that person before. <laughs> and he's like, no, we never, no. This is, he's just a nice guy. I'm like, you're not a nice guy. Get like, getting <laughs> money out with a billion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were on to a good thing. Like I thought he was being really nice and really generous, but like, he's just like, that just, there's always an agenda. Mm. Always an agenda. Do you feel like Ireland's gone more in that direction? In the American way? Like? Mm. <coughs> no, I don't think so. I think when you talk to somebody, like I think people aren't talking to each other as much as they used to. I think mm. if you sit on a bus now, everyone head down, earphones in yeah. and head down on that phone. Like there's no opportunity to really engage. But I think when you do engage with people, they're very friendly and, yeah. and open. It's just harder now to crack that conversation open than it used to be. Yeah. Like, you uh, wouldn't yeah. talk to someone at the bus stop. I remember no. talking to people on the bus stop, at, like, years ago. Yeah. you just crack, you start a conversation, because you wouldn't, that's your entertainment. Yeah. It's not TikTok, like, you know what sure. I mean? But you have such a, like, if you're going to talk to, a stri- like, if you're standing at the bus stop, and I show up, I have, like, maybe 30 seconds to say something, because the longer you leave it to say, yeah, no, yeah. it just gets yeah. more awkward the, the longer you leave opportunity, it. Yeah. So it's a very small window you have. Well, what would you, if, if you saw me stand at the bus stop and you wanted to make a conversation, <laughs> what, do you have any go-to? Conversation oh, yeah. starts. If I walked over to a bus stop, I'd say, Are you waiting here long? Like, I'd yeah. just like instantly just try to have a conversation with the person. Because mm. everyone, everyone has a story. Everyone's interesting. Yeah. Like, no one's not interesting. Every single person, as boring as they might seem, like, everyone has a story or everyone oh, yeah, has yeah. a, you know. Not everyone will want to interact yeah, and have yeah, a conversation yeah. as well. I'm just trying to get a fucking bus here. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not everything's a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, I don't know, like, when you talk to people, then they're open. And they're yeah. not trying to sell you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, that's how they make money as well. Like, maybe even to a detriment. Here, if you go to a shop and you want help, you kind of have to look for it. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know you kind of have to find someone? Annie Walker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything going on here? Is, is this place closed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do you like over there? They're on top of you, mm. and they actually have. So if you walk, this is what they teach you when you when you start a job in like a in a like a, a clothes shop. Let's say Kroger's or a food shop or whatever, a supermarket. If you come within five feet of a customer, you have to say good day, sir. And if you come within three feet, then you have then you have to say like it's a fantastic day, isn't it, or something like. It, okay. You right. have things that you have to say based on how close you proximity, are. Proximity, yeah, 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 based Jesus. on the proximity. Could you imagine like being in spa and, and some fellow stacking shelves, and it comes within three feet, and a like, fantastic day, sir, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like if you Use freaked out, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. get shivers on me back, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Never going gonna, to that spa again. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he get more red on the way out? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, it's gas. That's yeah. set up in America is. It's an interesting spot. We've never been no. either of us. And it was interesting. You mentioned a, a story on Talking Bollocks even of like, uh, I think some fellow was trying to sell comedy tickets and you had yeah. bought comedy tickets to a show. You didn't know that and he didn't know that, but you were having a conversation. Then at the end, it was like, do you need tickets for this show? And then you were like, oh, I've got them already. And he's like, what the fuck are you wasting me time? Yeah. It's like, even situations like that, that come up, it's like. Switched on a dime. Yeah, like, yeah. Do, do you like comedy? <gasps> yeah. I love comedy. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I do. And he's like, oh, there's a comedy show like on, on over here. Like he's all happy and he's chatting to me about my favorite comedians and stuff like that. And I'm from Ireland. And he's like, oh, we geeked in the laughter lounge. And I was like, oh, no way. Gee, that's my small world. And then he's like, there's a show on if you want to go see it. It's like, you know, $10 a ticket. I was like, oh, I'm actually going to that. I got a, a deal on Groupon. And then he goes, well, what the fuck are you wasting my time for? Like, switch. Yeah, like, it was me. You started thing, the man. conversation with me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were just having a conversation, man. I thought we were bonding. I'm going to ask you, you're doing that later. <laughs> yeah. That's another, like, there was people, there's people uh, giving out medallions or, like, rosary beads or something. It was something right, yeah, religious, yeah. religious paraphernalia. And I thought they were just kind of giving them out. And I was like, oh, thanks very much. And then they were like, that's $10. I'm like, ah, oh, man, rosary <laughs> beads, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, I don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. Expensive. It's very, very expensive as well. It's yeah, pricey that, as well, uh, yeah. Very expensive. It's like six, it's like seven dollars for six eggs. Oh, right. Expensive, isn't it? One dollar an egg. So yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. More, more, more than a dollar. Yeah, an egg. yeah, yeah. Where it's were you cold. living actually in New York? Where Brooklyn, south, south, south of Brooklyn. Hey, how was that? Was it a nice area? Was it a similar enough to kind of Dublin general area? You can't go anywhere. Like it's so big, you have to get the the subway yeah yeah everywhere that you're going um but yeah it was a nice area it was fine but like you you wouldn't spend time in it you'd get the mm. subway into back in into manhattan or upper brooklyn like there, there wasn't that it was very residential yeah it was yeah nothing special yeah nice and then you left new york after three months to come back to ireland and yeah. did moira stay on there for some time longer or? she stayed on for a little bit because she was over doing a master's uh and as part of a master's she had to do some business shit over in, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in New York, like. Um, but then she came back. Thank nice. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> was she in agreement with you around? Like, was there ever any like horror feeling like I might want to live in New York, and you'd be like, "Oh no, I want to live in Dublin." Or yeah, 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 yeah. She liked it. She liked New York a lot. Yeah, it was a it was a contentious time. Mm. Um, but I just hated it so much. Like, I just really despised it. 
and it was kind of a balance. I think I hated it more than she loved us. So yeah, the yeah, compromise yeah. was come back to Dublin. Come back home. But if she wasn't, she she lived in Spain as well for a while. Like if it wasn't for me, she wouldn't be in Ireland. I think she'd have she'd probably have moved to America or somewhere, somewhere warmer. Else. She hates the weather here. Yeah, I don't blame her. Yeah, the weather is shit. It's pretty dark, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So shit. <laughs> What's worse, the weather or the walking sand roundabout? If you could only fix one of them. The walking sound roundabout on a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of Ant Wars? That's like, where dreams go to die, isn't yeah. it? That's hell. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> when you die, that's yeah. it. Like, yeah, you, you just constantly, <laughs> no matter which exit you take, you end up back at the walking sound again, yeah. <laughs> Just on a loop. So <laughs> oh, be good in school, kids, or that's what awaits you no, in the afterlife. <laughs> walking sound roundabout. Three lanes. What's, what's, the, what's the inside? I don't get it. I, I've tried to figure it out. It doesn't make sense to me. It's amazing. <laughs> Wait, are you from around here, yeah? We're from Bon Og in Clondalk, and so it's not too far out. Thankfully, okay. we didn't have to worry about that thing growing up. <laughs> yeah. We've normal roundabouts where we come from, I don't know, so with this one. <laughs> and what happened to a good old corner? <laughs> you don't see them anymore. The lollipop ladies and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the backbone of society. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> For you, Joe, I was curious. Growing up in the like, areas where we grow up in, Obviously, you were very much from day well, you were saying earlier on, you wanted to be an actor. And like having a creative element to you is <clears throat> obviously something that served you so well now in your career and what you do and how you make a living in today's world. But growing up in environments like that where it's probably more, I was going to say macho or masculine, but I don't even know if it is, but people at least want to put on a front as if it is kind of a masculine or like tough guy environment, you know that? Survival yeah, kind of. Yeah, just naturally enough being in those places. Did you feel that growing up? Did you fit in? Did you struggle to fit in because you had that creative side to you? Or? Um, that was the reason why I fit in. I, 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 I was the funny fella, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was the, you know, there is this idea that being in the inner, like, there's this idea that the inner city kind of stunts people from being creative but I think mm -hmm. it's actually mm -hmm. very much the opposite like if you look just at the little square that I'm from like you have myself uh, Gemma Dunleavy Lar Kinlan Kelly Harrington Troy Parrott um, the, the original Road Boys Nanny Arkins mm -hmm. Sean Walsh um, there's like so many creative people mm -hmm. in the very small area that I'm from that I don't I don't really buy the I don't, I don't buy that being from the inner city can stunt you like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, I know what you're saying, and I know a lot of people do say that, but I disagree with that. I think ultimately, because when I was younger, uh, I'd do jackass. Do you remember jackass? Yeah, jackass, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd get a cam, a camera, camcorder, and go around doing stunts around the area, and then like sell sell the videos, like burn them onto videos, no copy way. the videos over and sell them door to door, like go around. The, and that was kind of, everyone knew us for doing the jackass. So <laughs> I was always the fool, the clown. Yeah, so yeah. I was, I never kind of took myself seriously. I felt like I had to put on oh, a front yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, and I never felt the need to have to do that either. Um, because it's such a tight community as well. And it's all, everyone's like, Knows it feels like a yeah, family. Yeah. I felt like a family. Like I felt like you knew, now when I go into town, I don't know anyone. So it doesn't have that same yeah, anymore. Uh, but growing up, I wasn't affected by what people I think would, would assume. You didn't feel a need to like hide that or to bottle it up. It was almost like that helped you to fit in or helped you be part of the, yeah, it's like that's what I done. Like some people played football and that was their thing. Yeah, or some people sang, some people danced. Like, 
it was a very like there's a dance group around the area Francesca Arkins dan- dance club like that that was a click and I felt like everyone had a thing I felt like everyone did have a thing and it was all nurtured everyone wanted everyone in their area to be the best at you know what I mean there was nice. a great support network of an entire community like thousands of people Sick. it's great it's really mm. really positive I think nice that's deadly should be you know, the, which goes against what the perception probably is. Oh, and I can see an argument for the other side as well, like, you know what I mean? Because the area is, like, ravaged with, or well, it was in the past anyway, ravaged with drugs and addiction yeah. and alcohol and stuff like that, and antisocial behaviour. Um, but you were the best drug dealers. Yeah, yeah top <laughs> of the were my pops. drug dealers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's deadly to say, and a great point to make. Like, when me and Lee would have been, like, growing up, I don't think... Uh, I don't think I was very creative anyways, but even if I had that element, I think I would have felt almost like I would have had to tone it down a little bit or try to keep up some front or some image to maybe not be picked on. Or And is that just an internal thing or is that actually what is being put on you? I'm not sure. But like yeah. the fact that you felt like you were empowered to step into that and like people around you actually supported it and wanted you to go and be the best. If that's what you want to do, go be the best at that. You know yeah, that way? Yeah, like yeah. I think that's such a great supportive environment that... Yeah. Hopefully people have, but I don't know if many people feel like they have it now it is. I might change my mind tomorrow on that opinion as well. Because yeah. like the, the, on the other side of the coin, you'd be slagged as well a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. go on Steven Spielberg or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it'd only be a little jest, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Taking the piss of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there'd also be people saying, oh, you did a film here. I'm after getting a tape or here's a, do you, do you want a video recorder or something? Like they'd, they'd be like, oh, Joe likes the film. He'll like this thing. Yes, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. would have it in the back of their mind that that's your thing and they'd help out wherever they could. Nice. It's nice balance. On a subconscious kind of level, like. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> <laughs> to a point, I think to a point, like, you know, that, that's an Irish thing as well. It is. If you become too successful, then. There is definitely a balance. Mm. Yeah. Would you, I'm sure you're, are you uncomfortable with, if somebody was to refer to John McGuckin as a success, would that make you feel uneasy yeah. or? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I think it'd be flattered a little bit. But I would just, I just, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's all relative. I get, I get yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but I just feel like, I don't know, the barometer for success. I don't think I've reached that. I wouldn't ever. I, I don't think I'd say that I've reached success. And what is success anyway? Hundred you know percent. I mean? Do you think success, even since having children and stuff, the definition of what success would look like has probably changed significantly for you? Big time, mm, big yeah. time. Like, you listen to the the Talking Bollocks podcast. I talked about my son when mm-hmm. he was born. He had like brain damage and stuff, but he's fine now. But when all that shit happened, and when I was all uh, before he was born, there was a comedy festival on. There. I said this already. You probably know it, but there was a comedy festival on. It was the Vodafone Comedy Festival. It's now the Paddy Power Comedy Festival. But right. I was looking at all the lineups that like Eddie Martin was on it. Mm. Uh, there was loads of people, loads of my peers in the in the industry, they were all gigging it. And I was like, oh, next year I'll do that, next year I'll do that, next year. And I was kind of jealous of everyone on the poster. Uh, and then all that shit happened with Oliver at his birth. Right. And then I walked past that and I'm like, that is the most insignificant bullshit. Like, why did I want that? Yeah. Like, wh- why did I want that? Like, like n- your priorities change drastically. And I think if your priorities change, then your perspective on success changes. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to me having a having a kid. I think it's massive. Yeah, scary, isn't it? Shit. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. 
Well, do you have kids? No. no. no okay. No, so no. you're the center of your own world. You're the you're the most and you're the only important thing. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? In your head, when you're not the most important thing anymore, and I mean that like that sounds. Oh, I'm not important anymore. Mm. I mean that in a positive way. Like it's not about you anymore. It's mm. about a different person that you have unconditional love for. This annoying little shit machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like. <laughs> It's, it's it just changes things yeah yeah the reasons that you you're driving for it whatever mm. drove you before right. it's a di- you're getting into a different car like you know you're playing a different game it might be hard to answer but what would you say was your driving force before kids if there was one um being i think like have like if you trace it back to what i was saying about but like having a thing being like being something or having it having a thing identity kind of my driving force i i think was because i felt like i could do it okay i felt like when i was when i was a teenager and i'd look at rta and i'd look at naked camera was on uh, yeah savage eye i was always like i could fucking do that i could do that and republic of telly always had like a segment at the end where they showed other people's sketches and I was sending in sketches and they never picked them. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, like, oh, you can fucking do what they're doing. Like, yeah, yeah. What drove me was the feeling that I could do it. Like, I, I should be doing, I should be on, I should be on the telly or I should be doing this or I should be, you know, you know yeah. that way. And you see somebody doing something that you know you can do. Like, do you, do you, what do you, what do you use, what's your thing? What's your thing? Like, do you play football? Do you play rugby? Used to, used to play football. And I probably would have experienced a lot of the same emotions. Yeah. It, probably delusionally, because we weren't yeah. that good or talented, but there's still that origin society where it's like, with enough time and training and the right environment, I could definitely do what these people are doing. Yeah. Success is just a delusion with an opportunity, though. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you put someone in the right, like, I'm not the funniest person in Ireland. There's right. people out there that are a lot funnier than me. My brother is funnier than me. <laughs> but it's just you, you kind of fit into a mould and you, yeah. you try to, you just take what you have and you, you try to run with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to ask you about that funniness and not, not at all to put a dark spin on where this conversation is heading. But I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was Diary CEO. Right. Um, and they're basically saying like they had this running joke where when he has comedians on the podcast, he asks like which one of your parents was fucked up because like <laughs> Yilmer was just used then as like to keep the peace within the household. Like Yilmer became like this shield that the child would use just to try keep everybody from killing each other. Um, did Yilmer, were you just always naturally funny or did Yilmer kind of come across or come, fall, stumble upon Yilmer as like some sort of like self-defense mechanism or like have you just been like a funny kid and always kind of attracted to funny things? It's a hard one to answer because I don't think that I'm that funny. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what funny is. I think I'm good at seeing funny and I'm, I'm, like everything that I do is usually within a group. I think on a subconscious level, I'm always trying to hide behind people. Like I, I was doing the wind-up merchants, that was a group. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing stuff with Darren and Jer. And you know what I mean? I, 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 I wouldn't be very comfortable, I don't think, just going out and doing something by myself. Yeah, right? yeah. Does that make sense? It does, it does. So I wouldn't consider myself necessarily funny. I think I'd be cheeky, I'd be a cheeky little bastard growing up and right. that was just a sarcastic little snipey, I'd say I'd hate, if I said that was me, I'd want to give him the back of my hand and say, yeah, cheeky, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> stared at me, I was a skinny, you'd be like, who is this little prick? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, 
But yeah, I think that's what me, I think my humour is dark and I think it's just cheeky and sarcastic. I think if I was to define my sense of humour and my style of humour, that's what it would be. And I think funny is subjective, like, so some mm. people might find that funny and some people might not. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Even like, in terms of what you do, like, because as you were saying, that's that, like, we're going to do an intro for Joe's, like, you've this, like, big resume of different things that you've done in the past and probably different plans for the future. But, like, if somebody was to sit you down and say, oh, Joe McGuckin, what do you do? What would your answer to that question be? I don't know. I'd say, <laughs> like, in, in social media bios, I have actor and producer or comedian and producer. Right. Like that, but... Writer, I think I write everything that I do. It's kind of written. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. If it's a TV show, or if then that's that's written. If it's a stand-up show, that's written. If it's you know whatever I'm doing, I've I've written it, mm. wrote it, written. He's doing. He graduated from Trinity like, English. Wrote is the past tense. So, <laughs> we we'll get someone to fact check in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. Do you feel like the the kind of writing process is just is it like an anxiety thing where it's like, let me just write down a script that's out in my head or do you actually feel like you, you are at your best when what you're doing is coming from a script? Does that question make sense? Say it again. So like for you, is writing this process of just getting like, if you're going into this thing and it's like, okay, I have to be funny here or something funny needs to happen. Is there like so much anxiety inside you that you'd rather just write everything out just to get it out on paper or is it actually you think you, you perform better when you're following a script? No, I think I, I, I perform better when I'm improv improvising, but I think it's probably funnier if it's written. It's more structured. Mm -hmm. Right. I would have thought the, just because I, I would struggle, not that I think I'm like particularly funny, but if someone gave me a piece of paper and said, write, write something funny on that page, I'd be like, where do I start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, no. Yeah, like I, I, like maybe it's the hiding behind things again. When I don't stand up comedy, uh, I'd have a guitar with me and I think that was kind of hiding behind the guitar and I think Do you play guitar? I do play guitar oh, yeah. didn't know that Stick musician in the bio as well Yeah <laughs> It used to be in a band It used to be in a oh. Irish hip hop band No way Yeah um, But I think the writing process is kind of hiding away as well It's like hiding in a room and making a sketch in your head without having to put yourself out there until you have to actually make it But yeah. the process of writing I think is I, I find very Exciting! I love writing. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite part of it. Yeah, oh, like yeah. I, I'd, I'd like. I never wanted to even be in front of the camera. I yeah. wanted to just write and produce and direct. And me, me friends who are a lot funnier than I am, I originally wanted them to be in front of the camera, and I'd shoot them. Mm -hmm. uh, like the skit. The fucking sketch. Did you ever see the sketches I done with Barry Kogan? And I didn't see. It. I heard you talking about them. I didn't see the okay. ones with Barry in it. With you, other fella in that is the fella in The Wind-Up Merchants. And I just think he's so funny. And that's originally why I wanted to do The Wind-Up Merchants, was to fucking put him on a... Yeah, like, yeah. And everyone, anyone that I work with, I'm like, oh, I, I, I see your comedy, I see it. And I want to do this with it. Like, you know what I mean? I want to shape it a little bit more. And yeah, yeah. I love to, you know, when you're writing and you have someone in mind. For that. It's, it's so exciting. It's, it's really yeah. exciting. That. I have to ask, as your name dropped them, how much credit do you take for Barry Kogan's? 100%. How much of his paychecks do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was doing a play. I was doing a play years ago. Like, years ago. Uh, and the director of the play was the cast and director for Fair City. Okay. And Barry just done bits and pieces like with me and uh, like sketches and stuff like that. Uh, and she needed somebody that looked like they were under 18 but was actually over 18. Mm. 
so I suggested Barry because he, you know what he looks like. Fits the criteria, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect, like, you know, so he, he, I put him forward and he got it. And then after that, he went on to Bow Street and got the part in Love Hate. Lovely. Done bits and pieces, you know, the oh, joke, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you speak about inner city and people from in there mm. who've done, yeah. I mean, like, he's probably towards the top of the tree now in terms of Hollywood and the yeah, acting game. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's, he's so hot right now. Yeah, he's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, no, he's doing bits. He's doing really good. Yeah. And normally, when if someone says someone from that area is scorching, they mean something completely yeah, different. Yeah. But very <laughs> scorching in a positive way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know the wind-up merchants and everything that went, but that was... I always find these things interesting to, like, go back to those early days of whatever it is you're doing and like looking at them even though I was very like raw and I was like just grab a camera let's do something funny and like we don't know what's going to happen with it yeah. nothing planned nothing too formal but like we have a dream or an idea and take that to nowadays where like you're essentially making a living doing not the same stuff but similar kind of stuff to what would have been done on the wind-up merchants how much do you think like those early days doing that stuff just with your mates with a camera without any real like formal professional pressure but getting to like test yourself and do new things how much has that like shaped the success you've been able to have nowadays 100 percent. like it's it's directly associated yeah like it's directly associated with the stuff that i was doing back then and the stuff that i was doing back then like even before the one that merchants like it was going on youtube and <coughs> Yeah, even before then, I was going on YouTube, but we were using, like, video cameras from the youth club, like, the Swan yeah, Youth yeah. Club and stuff. So we go in there, and th and they sent me on editing courses. They sent me to film base okay. in Temple Bar to do an editing course and everything. So that's what I mean when I say, like, like my creative dreams were nurtured. And mm. You know what I mean? People, There was people looking out. Uh, but it's, def like, it's 100%, like, directly associated to the stuff that I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. Man. Thankfully, it was the creative dreams nurtured, and not the drug trafficking. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what I meant. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I could have easily, I could have very <laughs> easily, like gone down a different path altogether. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I, I remember. I knew two lads, and they got uh, arrested for having loads of drugs. And I was friends with them. Uh, they got arrested for having loads of drugs, and I was like. How come they didn't ask me? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going I'm on? I'm great at hiding stuff. I'll smoke be a mule. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, Joe, don't want that to do it. No, I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't want don't that money. That I want decision. that bread. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm over here playing Bleeding PlayStation 2 with Tony Hawks and you are all <laughs> smuggling drugs into the country. <laughs> For sake. <laughs> <laughs> Making that money. Um, but yeah, yeah. Instead of the drug dealers, it was the the youth leaders, and have a lot to to thank them. Oh for. man, some unsung heroes of society in big that time, crowd, yeah. yeah, big time, big time. See, when you were doing those videos with the wind up merchants, like, did you have anything in mind of like an outcome you were trying to achieve with those early things? Like, was it like I want to do this so I can build my profile and then grow on to these things? Or was it more just like I'm interested in this stuff and I want to just explore it more and kind of learn? I wanted to build a platform that brands would use and promote our businesses. Right. Like pay us to make a sketch to promote their businesses. So mm -hmm. I wanted to build a, a platform basically. And I, origi like I wanted the wind up merchants to be like a collective, a group okay. of people, a bunch of people, and anyone could kind of post on, on it. Now it's different now because you've TikTok and you've Instagram yeah. and all this yeah. back and you were a visionary Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all there was. It was just fucking Facebook. It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Any of the shoe stuff fucking like portrait mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, I know. It's a 
pain in the eye. This will probably cut down into portrait mode and squeezed in. And yeah, it'll look like fucking that size. <laughs> <on the same. laughs> well, that's not the camera joke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do. Starting out with the wine that merchants was to build a, a, a platform for for businesses. That's kind of how I seen it. And also, I felt like I could do it. I felt like me mates are funny. We have a camera, like we have the technical ability, like fucking let's just go out and make shit mm. good stuff like let's go out and make mm -hmm. high quality sketches and put them on the internet nobody was doing it then like no, nobody was doing it I, i'm trying to think if there was a there was a, a group called chapsoy <laughs> like you, you probably wouldn't remember That's a <laughs> but they they what they probably would have been they only released a few videos and i was like oh they're good yeah, yeah. they went on then to do stuff separately like they're they're still knocking around doing i think one runs lad bible or something i don't know oh, okay yeah, right. but yeah they other than them and no no one from the inner city no one with an accent like mine no one working class was doing it yeah mm. so i was like come on for fuck's sake we're not yeah. going to be given an opportunity and we still won't you have to go out and just fucking make it for yourself that's that was the mentality like sick of waiting around for things to happen and doing auditions and self types and putting yourself or you just need to fucking do it yourself i think maybe i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> it worked out so well for yeah. you so far yeah, so far so good we'll see <laughs> <laughs> still time to be cancelled <laughs> well you've, you've done well so far avoiding that one <laughs> bullets left right sound like bleeding neo out of matrix <laughs> <laughs> have you is that something that you're conscious of throughout your kind of sketches and what you do with darren is it always like a, a theme in the it's conversation the back of your head yeah it's 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 there now more than ever because I've carved out a little career for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get cancelled, yeah. like that's your, your livelihood gone. Yeah, yeah. It's weird as well though, because I feel like it's only an online thing. Like anyone you talk to on the street, I feel like everyone has like the same same sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and can tell like this was a joke. This was not meant seriously. But once you put something online, it just yeah takes on nuance, life of its own. Nuance is gone. Yeah, especially like on Twitter when you only have like 180 characters to mm. get your point across. Um. Yeah, you, you know, it's the nuance has gone out of conversation online. Anyway, mm. but yeah, just stick to me comedy then, and uh, <laughs> then I don't have to worry about it. But just you know, as a fucking comedian, you want to make the shit going on in the world. And yeah, like, can I make a joke about that? Like I gave an opinion on a film and got roasted for it. I don't know which film. Oh, like, no. Florida and Son. No, didn't hear of it. No, I put a, a tweet about it and. Do you know Eve Hewson? No. That name does sound familiar. Okay. It's Bono's daughter. Yeah, I was thinking Hewson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I said Bono's daughter. She plays like a, you know, she was just bleeding. I, I do remember seeing this actually. Yeah, I do remember yeah. seeing it, yeah. But she was crap in the film and I said that and I got fucking roasted for it. Roasted for it. And people took her up as like, oh, can, you know, just because you're not working class, can you not play a working class person? Yeah, it's yeah. got to do with that. Yeah, that's right. You can. Anyone can play anyone, obviously. But if you're bad at it, and if you do a caricature of that character, then... It's bad acting. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you're not immune to criticism. Anyone could be criticised. So. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ties into a question I wanted to ask you about starting up, because you said there wasn't many people doing the videos and posting that online at the beginning. And when there's not a lot of people doing it, there's obviously a big opportunity for someone to step in and do it. Mm. But there's also a big risk of you going and doing it and then getting all the backlash and all the criticism and the hate and the slaggings and everything else. Did the fear of that stuff, 
obviously it didn't long term stop you from doing it but did that ever like turn you off wanting to do or post stuff online or to put yourself out there with the potential and knowing that I could get roasted here or I could come back to bite me in the arse no no I don't think so because I, I never really gave a fuck I never had I, I genuinely like I was as poor as you could be in this country that's like as you know which is not which is not like there's other countries where you could be a lot poorer in mm -hmm. this country but I was as poor as they come like seven of us in a two bedroom flat like I didn't have a lot so I had nothing to lose yeah. by putting myself out there do you know what I mean like yeah. I pull up a video and I get a bit of hey who gives a fuck like that's kind of the attitude that I had then and I still kind of do have that as well like who gives a fuck give a fuck like, strangers on the internet yeah who are we? like doesn't bother me not bothered like you know what I mean some people I get that some people are bothered by it, but mm -hmm. I really I couldn't give a fuck what a stranger thinks of me good or bad like I could I'd like yeah. I, I, I think it'd be nice if people thought good stuff of, of me but couldn't give a fuck if they thought negative stuff because turn your phone off and then they're gone it's not real it's not real just unplug the Wi-Fi in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just go, just you know, watch the telly. Stick the telly on or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't. I wouldn't be afraid of any backlash of a of a video. It's interesting. It's it's great, but I don't think it's the norm. Like I think most people that I would speak to anyways would be like, oh, I, I'd love to do something like that, but you know what? If I put it out and people slag me or people, even Enya was saying she held off. Yeah, being yeah, like, true. Yeah, she'd yeah. done sketches for a long time, but until she was Enya Martin, like she, there was a lot of fear and like. Will I? Won't I? What will they say? How might this mm. reflect on this? Um, it's clear that you took the jump from the from the get go. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard if it's out of your character, but be, it was easier for me because I was always doing shit like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like from making jackass videos when I was ten. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I was yeah. always kind of messing around with that with that stuff. But if you like, if me ma started doing comedy sketches, <laughs> I'd be like, "What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on here?" Because uh, it's out of character. If you do something that's out of character, it's a little bit like. That's fucking weird. weird yeah. Mm. yeah, it's a bit unsettling. And then people get used to it. But yeah, if it's out it's if it's out of the norm, then it is a bit weird. And you are vulnerable and you are opening yourself up to something that you don't understand or you wouldn't be aware of. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Very Even good. with that, like I know you said you don't find yourself particularly funny, but the fact that you have comedian in your bio, let's let's just assume you are funny, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> let's assume you're funny. Like, yeah. I'll stick to Andy Boone. Just assume, just assume I am. <laughs> Self-proclaimed comedian. <laughs> but um, obviously, people see you and Darren stuff online and there's always like a, a humorous side to it and it's never to be taken seriously. And I'm sure if anybody like randomly comes up onto you uh, or comes up to you on the street, they're probably going to say something like, oh, so your video was gas or yeah. I thought this, it was deadly. Do you ever feel a certain sense of pressure in situations to be the funny one? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, or to be nice, you kind of feel the pressure, like to be, to be not a dickhead or something. Yeah, I remember Ricky Gervais was like, as, as soon as they, they recognise you, then they assume they they want to tip them, like they know, oh, it's fucking Ricky Gervais, like you know what I mean. So then he has to turn it on, he has to be Ricky Gervais, he has to be David Brent. Kind yeah, of yeah. Um, I'm not drawing that comparison with me because I'm not fucking Ricky Gervais, <laughs> but I think. Does that there is that like sometimes you just want to be? I'd say ninety percent of the time I'm just in the horrors. I'm like, thank you, <laughs> cunt, like you know what I mean. But then you see someone on the street and they're like, ah, oh, Joe, maybe it's fucking love your videos and all. You kind of have to like, ah, oh, thanks very much, man. Torn on, yeah. And it's a yeah, you kind of have to be torn down then, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Is that what you were asking? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, or do you mean just like in social situations with people that you know? 
No, probably more so with strangers. I'd say with people you know, they kind of know that mm. Joe has a funny side and he's also a cranky fuck sometimes. And that's yeah. just give and take. But I say more so like somebody with a public profile that's just, you know, I'm assuming you never want anyone to like go out of the way to like come up and say they love your stuff and then you give them like a bad experience of meeting you or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also the other side where you're a human being and you, you have your own shit going on yeah. and you're not always yeah. in funny mode. Yeah. But I'm an, I'm an awful people pleaser. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like it, the fact that I was so late to this was like, my stomach was in knots. Like, you know we were only saying on the way up because the traffic was shit for us as well. It was like, I hope he doesn't get there before us. I'd hate to be the one <laughs> yeah, to walk yeah, in yeah, yeah. you know, that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking shit. Like, and so I would do it for myself. Like, it wouldn't be for them or anything. It would be, it'd be nice for me. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'd hate for somebody to not have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that ever put you in, let's say, bad positions? Do you feel like the people pleasing side of things that ever put you in places where you have to like overcommit to doing things or like take on loads of shit, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, why did I say yes to this?" Or and yeah, it's an issue for me with where with drink with alcohol, right? Because I'd hate to be, I'd hate to leave someone in the pub. Do you know what I mean? So I'd always have to be the last person there. Right, leave, yeah, leave yeah. The last person. Because I'd hate for somebody to... Yeah, I'd hate to just like... That's how much of a people pleaser I am. Like, I'd hate to just leave someone in the pub and then I end up getting drunk and fucking... Fucking <laughs> bollocks. Like, you know they you. <laughs> it's only recently, only in a, the last couple of years that I've kind of become aware of that. Yeah. And noticed that and tried to change it. Mm. Try to be more selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's even funny the way that the word there is selfish. Yeah, it's like last word. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's a harsh way to describe just putting yourself first. But yeah, yeah. That's why it can't come across sometimes, isn't it? Like, fucking dickhead, why aren't you coming for a drink? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard one to balance. Yeah, and it is what it is. Like you know, it's selfish. I feel like it's a dirty word. Like it's yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. A selfish prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. How is that an insult? It's like it's a good <laughs> thing. Like I think you should be selfish a little bit. I think it's healthy. Big to time. be selfish Like it's taking care It's literally just Taking care of yourself It's doing what's mm. right for you Like why is that a bad thing Why is it bad to be selfish Yeah, yeah It's very bastardized isn't it isn't I don't it? know if there's an Irish thing I can't comment on Other cultures But I know definitely I definitely feel like There's an Irish thing to it Yeah Like you need to be the one Who's always Doing selfish. shit for others Like looking yeah. out for other people And then you're just left At the end of it With like <laughs> Pissed off Frustrated No time for yourself No energy yeah. left over And it's like No money left <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah Drunk <laughs> Jocks down On the, bu- on the floor of the pub <laughs> Pissing <Stop>. yourself <laughs> yeah. I think being I think being a people please I can be very Detrimental to mm. To the person Absolutely Just in, uh, on that topic Of taking care of your, Taking care of yourself Something that always comes up on most conversations we have is something that's like mental health or just within yeah. that area. I know I'm talking bollocks, you spoke a bit about that time with your son, I think, and you'd lost your father not long before that podcast. And you had mentioned, I don't remember off the top of my head, so I'm not going to try and <laughs> butcher whatever you said, but there were certain mental health struggles that you were going through at certain points in your life. Yeah. Um, how have you been since then? How's life these days? And is there anything that like jumps out as like, I don't know? I don't. Um, have you ever taken magic mushrooms? No. 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 Last year I went on a retreat where it's like a three day retreat and like a kind of, it's a group setting. Was it in Ireland or abroad? In Ireland. In Ireland, yeah. And yeah. It's back in Morshi. What? <laughs> the, the back of Morshi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Hollywood yeah. Walk of Fame. Yeah. Portobello <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went down, I done a, I done a retreat and 
like the shit that like if, yeah even the the fucking shamans was saying ah you need to go to a therapist after this like this is only <laughs> gonna crack the seal like it's a lot of shit going on and but i had that experience i uh, with the mushrooms and that completely kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things that were making me feel really bad that was affecting me met mental health and stuff like that uh and that really that's just it, they say one trip on magic mushrooms is the same as like six months or maybe even six years of therapy like the trip that it, that it sends on because one of the things was me dad you said that me dad passed and then me brother passed as well mm -hmm. so one of the, the the biggest thing that i was dealing with in me in my head was the last memory that I had of my brother was me throwing a coat over in the lashing around. He was drunk, kicked him out of the house, and then I didn't see him again after that. He passed shortly, like right. a while later, uh, but I didn't see him between that moment. And, and that killed me, and that memory haunts me. Not so much anymore, because when I took the mushrooms, th that played out, that scene played out, and I was watching it, like as a third person. But then, suddenly, I could see everything happening from his perspective. So he he was at the bottom of the flat, and he was looking at me. And he was sorry. He was he was sorry. Mm. So I always kind of seen him as sad or pathetic. But when I took the mushrooms, it, it flipped it on its head, and he was sorry to me instead of me being sorry to him or me being sorry to myself or whatever mm. way I was thinking of it but it completely changed my perspective of it okay and then my dad as well I always felt like I could have done more in his in his later years my dad's later years but when I took the mushrooms I had an experience where I used to pick him up on the weekends in the car from the hospital and uh, bring him back to the house but then that stopped because of COVID then I didn't get to see him for a long time until he passed <clears throat> but when I took the mushrooms I I went to pick him up from the hospital and he came out and he always had like a central bag with his clothes in it like you know it's just fucking a little bag or whatever but he came to the door and he he just waved he didn't he didn't come out and get in the car as he usually would he came out and he just waved at me and he went back in and that kind of made me feel in the experience in in the trip it kind of made me feel like I did do enough. I done like he's happy with what I done. Like he was happy with what I done. I think it just it shows you what you need to see, and it just completely changed my perspective on on everything that I was that I was thinking, and it still all bothers me. Yes, yeah. I still yeah. haven't fucking fully dealt with any of the shit, and there's a lot to, to unpack and go through. But that like experience last year was just life changing, it's, uh, incredible, incredible experience. Damn, it's unreal. Mm. Like the closure you got from just seeing from your brother's perspective, from your dad's perspective. Never would have done it by myself. Like I never would have come to that yeah. like comprehension. But it's there. It's all it's all there. Like, you know what I mean? It's it just goes to show the power of the subconscious. That's it. Because that's what it does. Like it just takes the subconscious and brings it to the surface. And you can just Were you scared to take the mushrooms? Like were you aware that that is what it will do? I didn't have a really visual like some like some people have really vivid. I actually came out of it uh, and said that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> I said that was that, that was shit. Like I didn't. That, if anything, it made things worse because I'm experiencing all the bad things that yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it wasn't until I went home that night, two nights later, I had a dream. And then I figured out what the experience was about. Fucking hell. Like, uh, like other people had really trippy dreams. And yeah, they yeah. went to crazy places. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but mine just kind of felt like I was just thinking. Yeah. It, didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like. Euphoria. Yeah, 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 it wasn't euphoric or anything like that. It was just kind of like. I was thinking about things. Mm. I wasn't seeing them or I wasn't, wasn't visual. Well, I didn't hear that. I was just thinking of these things. Okay. But also playing out. It's really hard to explain it. It's really, really hard to explain it. But it's very, it was, I wasn't scared because I'd done a lot of research before, before doing it. Yes. Yeah. I was in a very safe environment. We were there for three days talking about it and trying to figure out what we want to get out of the experience and stuff like that. So it was uh, really interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. It becomes so popular also like nowadays. Say, say so you go on a three day retreat, let's call it, to do it. What does the setup look like? Do you do like mushrooms each of the three days or do you have to build into it over the first couple of days or like? So you, you, don't, you only do it on the last day. So you're just okay. kind of talking about your workshop and you're, you're trying to, you're just, you're, yeah, you're just talking about what you might experience and how okay. to handle it or, or what, to, what to expect kind of things. Um, and also other kind of tools. Like there's a, there's a technique that I think people should do this. This is very easy. Sit on the ground and have a conversation with yourself and literally change seats and answer your questions. Okay. And I, I, it just makes you think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Like how would you answer your own questions and then you have a conversation and keep that going. That sounds fucking stupid. Like sit on the ground and do that. But it just makes you think of things. So I was going into it knowing that these are the things that I wanted to tackle. Yeah. So I was sit, I'd sit down and I'd say to myself, like, why do you feel like this? And then like I literally change and you feel stupid doing this. Like, yeah. But yeah. then you change and you're like, well, I feel like this because of that. And then you go back and then you ask yourself, you, you just keep digging in. And yeah, yeah. You're going to lift it lift up. It's an interesting technique. So doing stuff like that, workshop and different things for two days. And then the third day, you wake up nine o'clock, um, little ceremony and give you the mushrooms. And then they, it does like a big sound bat. Mm-hmm. They're playing all the instruments and stuff like that. It's really nice and zen. And, uh, like if you've seen it, if you like, I feel yeah, like I'm picturing my head now. It's like, it looks mad. These are li- fucking loose. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would think, I think that would be like, oh, fuck, they don't on the ground, eating mushrooms with <laughs> yeah. a gang of the god knows where. Right. <laughs> but it was, it was absolutely incredible. It was really, really good. It's mad. And the, like the last an impact that it's had on your, yeah. your ability to process things. I know you were saying you still have a lot of shit to work show. Mm. I'm not an expert, I don't know. I think everyone has shit and I don't know if any of the shit you'll ever get over, but I think you just learn to manage it and deal with it in healthier ways and it doesn't like get you to that place where you're just a shell of yourself anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to hear that you found something that worked and it's yeah. a very unique thing as well. I've never heard anyone else who's done something like that. Oh, really? No, you're the first person. That I can remember anyway. Probably that said it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> first you admit to her, like yeah. to say this is how I actually did it. Yeah. Opposed to. But now even like, Looking back on situations like that, I know you said, will you ever be okay with it, let's say? Who knows? But even just to be able to reflect on it and not have the same, like, emotional, like, response to it or, like, to look back on those things. Like, I know there's situations that sure we all have in life where 
at one stage you'd probably reflect on it in your mind and it would bring up the same emotions mm. of like what happened in that moment like oh fuck I felt real bad about this or whatever yeah. and then you just hit a stage where it's like I'm still not happy with how it went yeah, like desensitized like, yeah but you're like almost desensitized to, to an extent of like it doesn't have that same like grip on me it doesn't like weigh me down as much anymore I'm able to mm. have that there and still go on with life and carry myself through it in the way I want to without having that feel like a massive weight or a burden on me anymore yeah yeah still there like you know oh, I mean, nice all the other shit's still there but like it's definitely taking some of the weight off yeah you know just carrying i'm still carrying the skill bag just less books in it you know that great way. analogy for it yeah 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 absolutely you know, one day i'll empty you <laughs> 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 or you just get new books <laughs> get a kindle <laughs> yeah 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 audible, audible. yeah <laughs> a little bit off topic but you were mentioning the Wind up merchants, that whole thing, getting that up and going. And now obviously we know Joe McGookin today who's done so much shit that I'm not even gonna bother listening to all of. But like how did that happen? How did it go from like a video you're shooting with your mates on a camera uploading to now being like having RT shows, getting doing all that sort of stuff? You just fucking roll with it. Like it just it just kinda happens. It, like start starting from the wind up merchants, um off the back of that, so I was working in Satanta at the same time as I was doing the wind up merchants. And like I was saying, it's five days on, five days off. So when it was the five days off, I tried to use that as much as I could to create content and stick it on yeah, the, yeah. the old Facebook. And then uh, Boyle Sports got in touch with us and wanted us to make sketches oh, okay. for them. Uh, and we did. We made some sketches for Boyle Sports. And then an opportunity came up where they wanted me to be that social media uh, executive so I took that. It was an opportunity to get out of uh, Satanta yeah. and into a job that felt a little bit more creative. Mm. Uh, so I started working in Boyle Sports, making content for them, but just for a wage. So I, was, I wasn't being paid, but it was, so I was just making video. I'd do one video a week by myself in my house. And I was like, oh, I should just be fucking making these for myself, mm. for my own page, build my own profile. Because at that point... The lads, the wind-up merchants, didn't want to continue on. Like, I was saying, come on, we do a fucking podcast, or we do a live right, show, or we yeah. do something. And they just didn't have the ambition, and they're just like, yeah, with that. Yeah, like, you know, they were content to just, yeah, you know, make sketches here and there, and they didn't see it as a career path or a mm. career opportunity. So I, that kind of fizzled out a little bit. So I wasn't doing anything with anyone except for Boiled Sports, and I was putting myself up on that social media. And then I started making little bits and pieces for my own, Page and then Jer Walsh, uh, who shoots a lot of the, the sketches that we do, myself and Darren, like, uh, he got in touch with me and asked if I wanted to collaborate with Darren Conway. Uh, we didn't do anything before that, like, I didn't, I didn't know him before okay, that. Okay, right, right. So we met up one day and shot like three sketches and they were funny and it worked well. So then we started doing that, started making more sketches, and then RTE reached out to do a sketch show, uh, free gaff. And at the same time, uh, Go Loud came and asked us to do a, a podcast. And yeah, it's just kind of evolving by itself. Like yeah, I wish yeah. I had, I wish I could take credit for the <laughs> success, but sometimes things just fucking happen, like, you know, right place, right time. But you have to put yourself in, yeah. in the, Line of fire, do you know? Big time. And put the work in, yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of where where things are at now. Yeah. So we've done that sketch show. 
that gave us an opportunity to work with a, a lot of interesting comedians that we wanted to work with as well. And yeah, the brand, like, you know, the brand deals kind of keep you flowing. So we do a lot of videos for Chadwick's now. I do mm. last year, I done like one video a month for them, which was nice. I liked getting to make them yeah. some sketches that I wanted to make. And then Gra Granby, obviously the- Of course, come fly yeah, with me, yeah, yeah. Fly, yeah, so. I'm putting pitch that like what what happened with the confluent is actually interesting because yeah, tell us an that. agency just messaged me and said if we send you out a hamper will you do like a reel of you making a fry and okay. like, that's not really what I do I kind of make comedy sketches so if you want I can pitch it a few ideas of comedy sketches and I did I pitched them and they liked them and they decided to make them and then I pitched confluent me season one and now it's in its third season so it's funny how things can just evolve. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating though. It's empowering as well for anyone listening to know like you don't have to have it all figured out or like have no. a big ten year plan. Mm. But whatever it is that you do, I say that to me mate as well. He does MMA. Me mate does MMA and he's in his thirties now, so like he's not gonna go to the fucking UFC. <laughs> you know, he's not gonna become a world champion. But he's like, But what do I do now? Like I have these skills and what the fuck do I do? Like you just stay in that world. Like you could become a coach, you could start a blog, or you could do videos, you could do MMA review videos, you could, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you could start a podcast, you could, you know, there's still opportunities in the world that you're in. So whatever you're interested yeah. in, like carve out a niche, stick to that niche and, and, and make it work. Like something will happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. You've done a lot in the, I was going to say in a short period of time, I know, yeah. <laughs> you've been alive for a long time, but <laughs> within the, lot, the last three or four years, it seems like there's been a lot of different avenues that you've got to explore. Yeah. Do you have any like standout highlight in your professional life of the last couple of years? We sold out Vicar Street, uh, which was bucket list for me. Like, oh, nice. That, that, that's literally on me. That was one of the things on my vision board. Um, so that was really cool to stand stand up in Vicar Street and do comedy. Uh, I was in a, I acted in a, a TV show. I was like the star of a TV show. It hasn't come out yet. It's a kid's TV show, but it was still really cool just to be, like, just to, like everything that I'd done before for RTE was for the player. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like full, it didn't have full budgets and I wasn't yeah, fully yeah. formed. Uh, but this was, so it was kind of nice to be part of that process that was really cool did you say it's a kids tv program is it yeah oh it's, it's kind of heavy subject matter stuff okay that's so cool that like you'll have lots of stuff that when they're older they might be able to look back on it and see it but to have stuff that even now they can see their dad on the telly and watch it and yeah it'll be class yeah no that'd be nice they i done a, an ad for little it was a little short film and they were able to watch that deadly it's nice to be able to Show them things yeah, that looking at the screen like daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you an elf? Good, <laughs> <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that Vicar Street was a big one. Acting in a TV show was a big one, and continuing the podcast. Like, you know, the, the podcast has been successful. You know, commercially speaking, mm -hmm. and just satisfying to do. It's, it's a good. Just having the podcast, I think I'm happy, happy with that. With that. Yeah, yeah. Quality, yeah. quality. There's so 
you're doing a lot of things, but I don't get the sense from you that you dread doing any of them. It feels like you kind mm. of enjoy what you get to do on the balance of things and getting to bring kind of different aspects of you out in each one. Like I know you love the writing part. You also like the getting on and just chatting on the podcast, like being on TV. Like yeah. I think where you're sitting in the position of like you get to do stuff you enjoy day in, day out. It was like we were talking about success earlier. I think that's probably one of the like main metrics of success you can aim to have is like just get up in the morning and actually have a day ahead of you. Like, actually don't mind what's what's on the to-do list today yeah yeah it's it's stressful as well though Does yeah it, like everything is stressful, ah, Having a job it, is stressful yeah, yeah. I, I often think oh wouldn't it be just easy i'll just have a fucking job and just you know you're guaranteed yeah you, yeah you can yeah. just phone it in like you know what i mean but you can't you're the product like, yes. you know what i mean you have to fucking sell yourself and and if the work dries up like the work dries up and it's you're kind of there's an anxiety that comes with that like especially mm. january things have picked up now a little bit but like it was slow to start and you'll you just kind of in the back of your head, you're like, "Oh, is that it now? Is me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is me race run here? Is that the end?" I'm old of news now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it will happen. It will happen. You'll have to, you have to reinvent yourself every now and again. But that's the 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 risk that comes with it. But you know, you can you can just get a job. Like you can just if walk does fucking dry up, you can just get a job. When I was working with Boyle Sports uh, and RTE came to us for free gaff, I had to make the decision. Like, uh, thing things are. Things were picking up, like with the with free gaff and with the podcast. There was other avenues, mm. and I wanted to give a hundred percent of my energy to that to really make it work. Because if I if I didn't quit my job, it wouldn't have worked out. Like it wouldn't I, it wouldn't have worked out. I had to give it a hundred percent. I had to treat it like a full time job, like and just throw myself a hundred percent commit. And I said to myself, ah, I give it a year. If it doesn't work in a year, I'll go back to a job. Like you yep. know. I get a job somewhere, whatever. If it's in McDonald's or if it's in an agency or whatever the fuck it is, like. But I just had to. I had to give it a go, like you know. Ah, oh, yeah, definitely. You'd it's regret it, yeah. yeah. I hate bosses. I hate fucking authority. So that's why I just can't fucking stick a job. <laughs> I did stick it. I stuck a job for a long time, like. But uh, begrudgingly, yeah, <laughs> didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's hard to like a job. Yeah. It's, it's even a dirty word I feel like doesn't it job <laughs> yeah yeah you're doing you're just doing a job like you're just doing a thing yeah, that yeah. you don't necessarily want. that's what a jo- the word job to me feels like chore like yeah, you're doing yeah, something yeah. that you don't want to yeah, do. yeah, that's yeah. what job means which I think is interesting <laughs> isn't it very <laughs> it is 100% yeah it's like that word selfish isn't it like selfish connotations job. to it that just selfish job yeah. walking sound around yeah, yeah there you go take away from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I just have a couple more questions for Joe same you yeah. else but um, one is like on everything that you've done up until now I know you don't like being called a success so we'll say a semi-success that you've on had, the path to success on the right? path to success <laughs> you've had so far if you were to go back and say give advice to a younger Joe or someone who, someone who's maybe in the younger Joe's position today what would you say to them go for it like just go for it whatever whatever it is like you know if it if it's acting or if it's being a social media person or whatever if it's being a comedian if it's being a sports person if it's being a singer whatever whatever it is just go for it and give it a hundred percent like throw mm-hmm. you throw yourself into it and commit to it a hundred percent like one hundred percent put yourself into it because what a fucking what a blip of consciousness <laughs> in a vast we're flown through space on a rock <laughs> Do you know what I mean? and we're, we're here for a second for yeah. a flash and then we, we'll die in a few years we're born 
we learn to walk. It takes us ages to grow up. Like, you know, we're 18, and then you're here, you're, you're here for a very short period of time. You retire, then you die. And that's your life. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just whatever it is, whatever your thing is, and if you don't have a thing, that's fine as well. If it's playing the fucking PlayStation, stay on play the PlayStation, knock yourself out, go to town, man. <laughs> just like enjoy what it is that you like doing and do it because you enjoy it. Don't do it because you have to. Do it because you, you enjoy it. Do what, do what makes you happy. Is that corny? Maybe, <laughs> but I agree with you. So. Yeah, I agree completely <laughs> too. Right. Because we are. It is really just a flash, you know what I mean? And then, and you're gone. I was only thinking, like there's, didn't he find like a really old body, like a bog, a bog man? Oh, his body was still like preserved. Yeah, yeah, I remember like that. He's yeah, in the, yeah, the museum or whatever. Like that was a person. Yeah, yeah. That was a king. They they done research, recent research on him. He was a king. No, I don't know him. Do you know what I mean? No one's gonna remember you in ten thousand years. Time doesn't stop. Time continues on. So just like you know, you have a small gift of life here. It might be long. It might be short. But just like. Enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. Beautiful. Well put. Just the writer in the middle. Socials. That was poetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That might sound a bit hyperbole. Is that a word? Exaggerations are. No, I, I don't think it is. I think it's a very necessary point that probably doesn't get repeated enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You lose that bigger perspective when you oh. get caught up in the day to day stuff. Yeah. But when you take a step back and it's like, the chances of being born are so fucking slim. No. Oh. The chances of surviving birth is, is like, even to get to this point is already like a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And in this period of time as well, like, mm. you know what I mean? This fucking tech edge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It it's is. crazy. My so. question is far less deep, so yeah. okay. I'll give you a chance to relax. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask, just because I'm a fat bastard and I have my own, decision, my own uh, <laughs> preferences, but for I come fry with me, how do you decide where you're going to go for the fry? Uh, well, the first, the first season was in the Woodmill in Kulak, so that was just, I knew, I knew it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I was just aware, ah, go here, because I know it's handy. I knew it had a good bit of space and it worked with the lights and everything. Uh, season two was in Bewley's yeah. on, on Grafton Street. And that's because the agency that was working with us, uh, Bewley's was one of their clients, so again, Fair convenience. Yeah, yeah. But the third one is actually the most meaningful. In the Kingfisher, yeah? Yeah. I used to go there with my mum and my dad growing up. And it's, it's I genuinely love it. I think it's probably the best fry in, Sick. The, in the country. Yeah. And... Uh, if you haven't tried to fry our kingfisher, check it out. Like no, no association here with me. Like just, <laughs> I just called them up. It was my top pick. Right. I had that idea before they even got in touch with me. Right. I, 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 I emailed. It was when I was doing the wind up merchant stuff. I emailed a load of cafes to see if they were interested, in it and they weren't. They're like, oh no, can't. Sorry, mate. And kingfisher was like my dream cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. It, it, uh, there's a place called Brendan's. We were supposed to shoot the fourth season. I wanted Brendan's Cafe and we had it. But then like the day before, the day before we were supposed to shoot it, he thought he was getting a lot more money uh, ah, and we okay. didn't have that money. So fair. we had to pull the plug on, on Brendan's. Uh, but it's a shame because it's a class looking spot. Like it would have looked deadly. Uh, so that's why, you know, uh, I know this place in Kulak, so we'll do it in, in Kulak. And they... Didn't have to let us do it at all. Like, mm. so yeah, yeah. They were really cool about it, especially on such short notice. And people say yeah to things and you don't realise the amount of equipment that comes with oh, it. Oh, I can like, imagine, yeah. Yeah, they think you're showing up with a phone. 
<laughs> and I've got a film crew here with me, man. We're going to take up 17 seats. Well, actually, time. I was into it. I'm sure there's like a camera person, then like audio person, some lights maybe. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. How many people would you say we go into that one shoe for? Ah, not a lot. Like four. four. Like me and then two camera, two camera people and a sound person. Nice. And then the agent yeah, yeah, yeah. is there. And then maybe a representative from the restaurant to make sure everything's going all right. Yeah, because I do a lot of the work myself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, I do, yeah, I do a good chunk of the work, like in terms of the production of it. There should be a researcher, there should be a producer. Like if you were to do it with a TV, yeah, you'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. More in it. you'd put a lot more into it. Like it wouldn't just be three people. Yeah, yeah. I think the way it is is better. Yeah, there's something nice about that. It's like more raw. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. just a lad meeting another person for a fry. Yeah, I love it. I think, I think it's mad that I get paid to eat a fry. <laughs> it is kind of mad, but it's class. <laughs> oh, the first, so the first season, they, it was a smaller budget than the subsequent ones, but that meant I had to eat four fries in a day because it was all shot in one day. No way. So I had to eat four <laughs> fries that day. <laughs> Jesus, man. That... The shits did not smell like that. <laughs> <Seriously. laughs> that <laughs> was black, full uh, black puddings. Who was in season one with you? Was Enya on season one? Enya, yeah, yeah. She was, yeah. Uh, Darren Conway, Tony Cantwell, and who else? The Wind Up Merchants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lads, yeah. Oh, no way. I watched that one earlier, actually, and you oh, were yeah. saying to one of the lads who was in uh, on the Wind Up Merchants, he was on that with you. He was saying he was out for a fry earlier that morning with his missus. Yeah. You were like, is this your second fry today? You were sitting there <laughs> two or three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like only two you a week back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. It's a, it's a, it's a, I, I love the little concept. Because I, I, I genuinely do think you, you have great conversations over a fry. Mm. Even if it's in your own gaff, like with your ma sitting down, kitchen table job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Something very Irish about it as well, isn't it? Food, yeah. Pure, pure Irish. <laughs> a cup of tea and all that. Oh, yeah. I'm dying for a fry now, lads. Yeah, no, I'm getting there, hungry myself. A cup of tea, a fry, a couple of bickies after. Can't bear it. <laughs> Can't bear it. And then some of the, the cafes, they have like a little cake section oh. as well. So after your fry, I'll get a little cake. Yeah. Beautiful. Deadly. Yeah, a little jam down. Oh, the day is a right off after it, but it's, it's all right. Yeah. That's tomorrow. I can't imagine you eating that with fat on it. At certain times of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Was Christmas heavy for you? Yeah, heavy enough. Uh, his definition well, of heavy yeah, is yeah. like so unheavy in like comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had a bit of fat off her ash around Christmas morning. Like. <laughs> <laughs> had one of my little chocolates out of the advent calendar. Oh, God. I couldn't do what. Yeah, obviously, you eat right and you walk out, yeah? Train, yeah, yeah. Oh, just take it seriously. I, I think that's a funny word. Tra are you, are you tra what are you training train. for? That's a good question, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm just going to Some massive Papa. insecurities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crippling depression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you walk out every day? <laughs> Not every day. Five days a week. Five fucking days a week. <laughs> yeah. Do you work out? Not that much. I, I do boxing as well, though. So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm not really into the, the weightlifting side of things, but that's why I look like this. <laughs> why I wear jumpers? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have the the discipline to like to go to the the gym. The gym. It's to get. Do you know what I hate? I hate going swimming because I hate getting changed and dressed. Oh, that's a massive. The join up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so like I heard you mentioning. I think it was key for I wanted to come fry with me, and you were like the whole sea swim idea. And you're like, I don't get it, especially because you have to like walk to the water. You get covered in sand. And yeah. Then like like that. I agree with you completely on that. That would be a pain in the boss. To game for two minutes, like you know, yeah. have a cold shower if you really wanted that bad. Like, <laughs> you don't have to go to the fucking sea for days' sake. Like sand in your toes and yeah, all. Yeah. Car covered. 
I never get it off. You never get it off. And then you're salty and all. You have to go home and have a shower anyway. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is the point in jumping in the sea? I just thought it's crazy. It's crazy. Like people in Spain, people in hot countries are looking at the order saying, "What are they doing? Getting it? Like it's not hot. It's not nice. What are they <laughs> doing that for? Like Jesus. I think it's the Catholic in us. You know, the fucking. We need to be disciplined some way. So you know, yeah, yeah. the church isn't doing it anymore. So we need to do it to ourselves. <laughs> Jumping in the bleed and say, "What are you doing that for? It's freezing. Get out. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Get out. You're not supposed to be in there. Uh. Human beings aren't supposed to be in, in water that cold. Like we came out of it for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to make it worse, as they like meet up at half five in the morning to go for a sea swim. Oh, yeah, so, oh, so sleep deprived and fucking freezing with whatever the yeah. word is hypothermic <laughs> I'd like you up though wouldn't it I would it would. we actually on oil in the M a couple of weeks ago oh yeah and uh, like part of the like, segment thing we had to do was the presenters were getting in ice baths yeah. so we had to like try like hype it up and be like oh ice baths are great and like we're, I've never been in an ice bath so I don't know what the fuck it's like to be in an ice bath <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great for recovery oh, yeah. She's like, is there any like breathing techniques I need to do when I'm in here it's like yeah just in through the nose out through the mouth yeah. I guess like o oxygen preferably yeah. 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 your lungs yeah. Yeah. it's a good organ to so what were you doing? We, did you just blag his way on saying that you was East No, no, we didn't actually. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> no, we were on initially chatting about our book that's what's behind us. We released oh, the book shit. and that was back in November. So we were on in November talking about the book and all the concepts and because we both have backgrounds in the fitness space like we are both personal trainers they asked us about coming back on in the new year to chat about like new year's goals and fitness resolutions and stuff like that so that was the initial concept similar to what you said we pitched them like an idea of what we'd like to talk about and then they wanted some ideas on how we could make it a bit more like dynamic and a bit more moving around so we brought in ideas like uh we done a little workout with the presenters and then as recovery afterwards they'd use the ice bath and then they tried to like get real um professional with the ice bats like trying to talk about the benefits of ice bats and recovery and yeah. all and that's where it got a little bit like really get the spoofer hat on here like <laughs> <laughs> way through that but it was good it was good crack it's funny what's so the two years wrote a book yeah how does that work like do you do a page each you do one pass the pen over yeah. like, no it was actually a collab so lee, lee studied english in trinity uh, English and French so he has a big like background and he loves reading writing doing a lot of stuff so he done we both had a conversation about what we'd like to put in the book then he done like say the first draft I gave ideas on the first draft then kind of put it together so like he done a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of putting it together then it was like just editing it condensing it making sure it's the message we wanted to get across and then we self-published it and what's the message it's called better than before five rules for personal greatness so that's that is it in a, in a sentence it's like we wanted to give some frameworks or guidance for people who want to be better than they were before improve personal development whether it's a fitness goal or like anything else in life business relationships stuff like that some ideas or concepts that have helped us that hopefully could help someone else okay do you know tony robbins yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i went to one of his conferences no in, way. in london oh right and i like Concerts. Oh, yeah, I've seen massive. some videos of them. Yeah, yeah. Like tens of thousands of you, people. What was the name? Was it like Awaken the Power Within or one of those? Yeah, some magic like that. Like, do you like him? I don't know enough of his stuff to say whether I, I like I him. I haven't caught up with much yeah. of his recent. If stuff. I saw his on TikTok, I'd scroll past. But that's not to say I dislike him. I just well, I was yeah. a big fan of him a, a couple of years ago. Definitely. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't kept up with any of his stuff recently. No. Like I wouldn't be into that. No. Uh, Self help stuff. What if it was Tony Robbins like, eating a fry? I say, yeah, go on. Say, yeah, a lot of sausages into that thing now that is. But he would, like, it, we went and it was a three day seminar that you got, you, you, 
that you uh, that you have to walk through it all. But then at, at the end of day one, he's like, at the end of the, at the end of this, yeah, yeah, we're gonna you're gonna walk on coal, you're gonna walk yeah, on yeah. fire, and if you can walk on fire, you're overcoming everything that you've learned in your life, and you can be the best version of you. And we're talking about thirty thousand people. So at the end of the day, thirty thousand people are foiling out of this London. Uh, it's l- like the fucking O2 arena to go into a back alley where they have loads of little smoldering ashes and fires and stuff like that. And I'm not one of these people that's going to be pushing to the front. So I was yeah, way down yeah. the back. And then I get up and the bleeding coals and the fires are gone out. <laughs> and everyone's gone back inside and they're like, okay, come on, you can walk. And, you can walk. and I'm like, geez, it's gone f- fucking grand. Like, you know, I yeah, took yeah. my shoes and socks off and walked off. It's like walking on this floor. It was grand. It's not, not hot at all. Uh, and even if it was hot, I'd be like, why is the benefit? It's like <laughs> yeah, jumping yeah, in the yeah. cold water. It's like, oh, you can walk on hot shit. Great. Woo. But it's fucking so uh, obnoxious. And everyone that does it is so obnoxious. And then the second day, you can get a refund if you're not happy. And right. then the second day we went, we said, we'll give this, we'll give it another go. Cause the first day just felt like a cult or something. It yeah, felt like yeah, a big yeah, load yeah. of bollocks. Uh, the second day we said, we'll give it another go. And Tony Robbins wasn't there. And it was other people giving seminars and Tony Robbins fucked off home. And like, he was just there on the first day. So we went, this is bollocks. We can't, we need to get a refund. And it, the trouble we had trying to get a fucking reef. <laughs> yeah, these like Americans with our sales techniques. They say, yeah, yeah, "Oh, yeah. and tell me why do you want a reef? Because it's a lot of crap. Because it's brutal. Like you know, yeah, Tony yeah, Robbins yeah. isn't even here. We can't see Tony Robbins not even bleeding here. <laughs> even if he was, he's talking shy. Walked on the coals yesterday, and it was like walking on water. It's not. It was brutal. I want my money back. Oh well, I'm so sad to hear that. Um, maybe uh, we can discuss it. Le- I'm like here. I have 10 minutes to get my money back, or else like the the thing expires. Like, yeah, you can't get a refund after 12 o'clock. So I need to fucking refund now, and it was it was an effort, and it it's expensive, like. Oh yeah, you're talking thousands. Yeah, it's expensive, like. So we got our we got our money back. Best believe. Stuff. <laughs> we love a happy ending around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tony Robbins. Well, Joe, we'll wrap it up there, Will my we? man. But I really appreciate you coming down, making that trek across, getting through the roundabout because that's a pain in the arse. But yeah. opening up and sharing your story, man, it's been so cool to hear like your transition journey from like the early days starting out, the creativity bringing that through into all the cool shit you're doing nowadays. It's inspirational. So yeah. thanks for sharing that, man. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Nice one.